Welcome to the 12th Street Daily, a podcast intended to encourage our faith family as we seek to become apprentices of Jesus. What's up, everybody? We are back again with another episode of the 12th Street Daily. As we continue on in our series, A Cloud of Witnesses, we're going to finish this series up next Monday. So if you're tired of it, just wait until next Monday and we'll just, uh, you can tune back into our new content that we're producing. But right now, we're going to continue on through this. Today, we're going to talk about the gander of the Reformation. The reason I say that is because there's this guy by the name of Jan Hus who was burned at the stake in 1415, and he said this. Now, this is legend, not necessarily history. You may cook me now. You may cook this goose now. That was his nickname, the goose, Jan Hus the goose. You get it? And he said, you may cook this goose now, but there will be a gander that will come that will set Europe ablaze. All right. A hundred years later comes a guy by the name of Martin Luther. Now, Martin Luther, actually born in 1483, interacted with the writings of Hus. He was uh, raised Catholic. Um, and man, the guy, he just was very convicted, uh, honestly, constantly confessing sin, constantly worried about losing his salvation. And uh, to the point that he kept going to the confession booth and the priest essentially said, Martin Luther, like, you don't have to confess everything like this, all right? The guy was just horrified of uh, losing his sin. Uh, one of the reasons why is because of his conversion experience. Um, when he was uh, 21 years old, he was walking through a severe thunderstorm, and lightning almost struck the ground near him, and he swore his life to be a monk immediately, uh, gave away all his possessions, and entered into monastic life, became a monk. Um, as a monk, he continued on to um, struggle, and he said this, if anyone could have earned heaven by the life of a monk, it was I, because he lived his life such as a monk. But man, he just was still terrified of the wrath of God. He said, when it is touched by this passing inundation of the eternal, the soul feels drinks nothing but eternal punishment. He felt the weight of his sin. But in his early years, he read this text in Romans 1, 17. This text would shape him for the rest of the Reformation and honestly, in everything that he did. All right, Romans 1, 17, simply say this, For it is in the righteousness of God is revealed from faith for faith, as it is written, the righteous shall live by faith. The righteous shall live by faith. That stuck with him. He was like, what does that mean? He remarked about it. I hated that word, the righteousness of God, by which I had been taught according to the custom and use of all teachers that God is righteous and punished the unrighteous sinner. The young Luther could not live by faith because he was not righteous and he knew it. And he continued on. All right, he continued on in his life. He actually ended up uh, being a lecturer, professor at the Wittenberg University, um, lectured on the Psalms, and then he did a study on the book of Romans with his students, and he began to see a way through his dilemma. At last, he was meditating day and night by the mercy of God. I began to understand that the righteousness of God is that through which the righteous live by a gift of God, namely by faith. Here I felt as if I were entirely born again and had entered into paradise itself through the gates that had been flung open. It was in these moments that he realized faith is not something that is produced within ourselves. Faith is a gift of God, like Ephesians 2, 8 through 10 says. It can't be something that we produce within ourselves because then we'd have a reason to boast. No, God gives us the faith to believe in him. So out of this, he became a new understanding uh, that he realized that the church was not as the Catholic Church has defined it. Um, it was a community of those who had been given by faith, not defined by apostolic succession. Salvation came not by the sacraments, but by faith in God. The idea that human beings had a spark of goodness enough to seek out God was not a foundation of theology, but was taught only by what he called fools. Now, there's a, there's a really cool website up there. It's called Insults by Martin Luther. 
Um, man, it gets really funny because of some of the insults that dude would throw out at people. Um, I, I would just encourage you to Google it. It's great. Some of his insults are just absolutely vicious. Um, but anyway, what he realized was this. Faith was no longer about trying to trust in the trust the church's teachings. It was about trusting in Christ alone to salvation. Now, it wasn't long before this revolution that was happening inside his heart and inside his mind would eventually just literally set afire the entire European continent, set off wars, start new denominations. And it's something that we're still battling today. The Reformation's never over, brothers and sisters. We are still reforming, all right? The reformers say semper reformanda, which means always reforming. We are always reforming to the word. Our battle still rages on. We are not done, all right? So... So what sparked the Reformation? What was it about Luther and all this? I would make the argument the Reformation started way before this. Uh, there's a really cool uh, podcast from um, Desiring God. Where they talk about the uh, the quakes of the Reformation. Guys like in like 500 AD that were like talking about faith through faith. I mean, grace through faith alone um, and all these things. And so Luther was just the one who kind of, you know, was the, was the match to the powder keg that exploded. So there was this guy, his name was Johann Tetzel, poor Tetzel, catches a bad rep. He should, though. He was selling indulgences. What are indulgences? It'd be like, for example, let's just say that um, my friend Luke Parker, who's in here with me, let's say that Luke um, had a relative that died, went to heaven. Well, we didn't actually didn't get to heaven. Went to purgatory. All right, what's purgatory? It's kind of this, like, imagine it's kind of like a waiting room for heaven uh, where you're purged of your sins until all eternity. Um, if you're wondering where it's at in the Bible, it's nowhere. It's not in there. All right. Um, it's developed from other um, extra-biblical texts. Um, so the Catholic Church teaches that. But anyway, so Johann Tetzel um, had this quote, Once the coin into the coffer clings, a soul from purgatory heavenward springs. You can buy your relatives into heaven, says Tetzel. Luther was ticked. All right, he was angry. Um, he went and got the 95 Theses, which is 95 statements, and he nailed them to the cathedral at Wittenberg, um, and essentially he said this, I mean, it was main, the main question was, did the Pope have the right to sell indulgences? Could he, people get into heaven? Y'all, he did not mean to do this. The printing press made it happen, though. All right, printing press. 95 theses are printed everywhere, spread all throughout Europe. And next thing you know, revolution has started. All Luther was doing was challenging the Catholic's teaching, Catholic Church's teaching. He didn't mean to start Protestantism. He was protesting, but he didn't mean to start it. It wasn't like a purposeful revolution, uh, as most revolutions in History, as you'll see, are mostly like this. But then, out of nowhere, Luther turns into the leader of this movement called the Reformation. All right? It spreads throughout all across Germany as a call to reform the church. And everything starts quickly accelerating. Peace starts abdicating that people should have the Bible in their own hands, in their own vernacular, in their own like secular language. What in the world? Are you kidding me? That is not a... A common thought at this time. Only the church could have the right to interpret scripture. But Luther says, absolutely not. He said, this a simple layman armed with scriptures was superior to the Pope and the councils without them. He was threatened immediately with excommunication. As he stood before excommunication, as he stood before this, he said this, here I stand, I have no other. God help me, amen. Before he said this sentence, said, I, unless I can be instructed and convinced with evidence within the Holy Scriptures or with open and clear distinct grounds of reasoning, then I cannot and will not recant of my beliefs because it is neither safe nor wise to act against my consciousness. 
Luther would go on to um, write many books. He wrote many hymns, uh, Mighty Fortresses Our God, which is actually uh, to the... Um, to the tune of an old pub song uh, that was sang in bars. And so Christians have always done that really fun history, but he also wrote catechisms, um, which are like, you know, questions uh, to help in discipleship. Um, the guy also struggled a lot from sickness and exhaustion. He also had some really, um, really, really heinous, uh, heinous beliefs against Jews. Uh, the guy was not perfect by any stretch of imagination. None of these men were, um, none of these men that we talk about were perfect, but ultimately this, his reform shaped world history. This is not just something that shaped the history of Christ of Christendom. No, this shaped world history. It changed everything. It literally ended the Middle Ages and flung the world into a time where of the Renaissance because now people can question the church. I would even say that we're still riding the wave of many Reformation era thoughts. All right, he literally influenced guys like Calvin, Zwingli, Knotts, Cranmer, um, any kind of huge Lutheran, Reformed, Anglican, Anabaptist uh, theologian. We are still influenced by this. It's been said that in most library and books by and about Martin Luther occupy more shelves than those concerned with any other figure except of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. That is insane. All right, that is absolutely insane. In 1946, he finally wore out. He died. Um, him and Calvin actually kind of, their, their lives crossed a little bit, but they never met um, as we get ready to talk about another reformer. So what can we learn from Luther? The biggest thing that we can learn from Luther is this, the righteous shall live by faith. Now that sounds like a very simple statement, especially in our world. It's been driven into our heads. We are saved through faith alone. But brothers and sisters, think about the gift of faith that you've been given and praise God for it. Worship God for what he has done in your heart and awakened you. 